Hi, and welcome to That's Myrony Podcast. My name's Alicia Myronic, and I am your host and creator of this fun new concept. But first, what exactly is Myrony? Well, Myrony, or my irony, are those crazy coincidences that happen in life that you just can't explain. It's also another word for sign or synchronicity. We've all experienced these throughout our lives. But what if you started paying closer attention to your myronies? What if you started connecting the dots, or as I like to say, follow the spiritual breadcrumbs that could have an impact so big that it changes your life forever, not to mention the lives of others. Now that's myrony. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to That's Myrony podcast. I'm so excited for my next guest today, Amelia Antonetti, because I met her on uh, when I was able to join her clubhouse room. And she is the creator and CEO of Genius Key, which we'll get into a lot more. But a little bit about Amelia first. She is a highly sought after human behavior and conflict resolution expert. She has helped companies innovate, manage turnarounds, and set strategy for some of the most high-profile clients in the music, sports, and entertainment industries. Her national popularity spans a series of successes from selling her first company in the late 1980s to successfully founding Soapworks, one of the fastest-growing, privately-owned household product companies in North America. She eventually sold the company to a leading consumer packaged goods company with annual sales of $200 million. Amelia has worked with businesses such as Sharper Image, George Foreman Grill, Yummy Fashion, Ninja Blender, Cold Stone Creamery, and the list goes on and on. So she's been on the uh, on Oprah. She's the Steve Harvey show. She is just so incredible. And let's just go find out from her more about what this genius key is, how she was able to uh, create all of this within her life. And more importantly, let's discover the myronies that uh, went along with it. So let's go meet Amelia. Hi, Amelia. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, And I'm just so excited, first off, because you're absolutely amazing on so many levels, like being the creator of this uh, genius key. But then when I was looking into your history, I'm like, oh, my goodness, what hasn't this woman done? So thank you again for joining me today. No, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you for creating the platform um, and inviting me to be here. And this is what it's all like, right? Great minds come together and it helps uh, people exponentially. So that's what we're all here for. Oh, absolutely. I believe if we can start uniting our voices rather than just trying to speak on our individual voices, we'll have so much more, so much more power. So I just want to share with the listeners and and you, I mean, because I kind of said this, but it was, it was, so the concept of myrony or the crazy coincidences that happen in life that we can't explain. And it's a more modern day word for synchronicity. However, it has its own definition because it's synchronicity in motion. We see a sign and then there's an action we can take when we trust those gut feelings. So my divine myrony of how we connected is that you had a guest on your clubhouse room, which um, if you want to say what your clubhouse room is, you know, we'll, uh, first, what's the name of the clubhouse room that you have on? 
We do unlock power past pain. Um, we one of Glenn Lundy's Breakfast with Champions room. So I'm a big fan of Glenn's. Um, I love my Breakfast with Champions brothers and sisters. And so you can find pretty much consistently find me on Breakfast with Champions. I try to be in there on Fridays between eight and nine um, a.m. Eastern time. Um, and then I bounce around other places. But my whole mission is really to unlock those secrets of how you release pain, learn from pain, because until you release, you can't bring something else in. So that's the whole premise of the room. Well, it, so the divine irony is that I literally had just seen Dave Sanderson, who he was a guest of mine. And, you know, uh, for the listeners that don't know him, he was on the plane Miracle on the Hudson. And he actually was studied um, through uh, a university study of how he actually was of post-traumatic growth syndrome instead of, you know, the PTSD. And so as soon as I saw he was going to be this guest, I was like, oh my goodness, what is this? And that's how I jumped into the room. And oh, that's when, that's afterwards how we connected. And I was like, will you be on my podcast? Because, you know, like, I just want to have a conversation and hear about what other myronies, you know, because I believe in how we, I mean, we can have these myronies in business and our relationships and so many different things. But when we start connecting these dots of how we, we get to where we are in life, especially when we want to have a voice and really trying to help others, because then when I heard that it was, you know, to, to move past this pain, you know, really, truly, like, how do we help people? It was like such the greatest alignment. So again, thank you so much for, for now no, we get I'm to pretty... dive in and find out all about you. So, <laughs> well, everything is connected. I say that all the time and anything, if anybody's ever followed anything that I've ever done over my career, you know, everything matters um, and everything is connected. And so until you can really understand those stepping stones, you know, action, reaction, you're guessing and you're lost. And mm -hmm. so I'll, one of my famous quotes is to never ask a uh, lost person for directions. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. And, you know, I like to, I also believe everything's connected. I like to say it's the divine design that interweaves us together. It may not be on a surface level. It goes really deep. And because of my connection to Dave Sanderson with, with this incredible episode that I did with him, but I actually met him solely through a divine irony of I was invited to another networking thing and it happened to be on a very spe a special date. And um, it was actually the anniversary of my dad, of my mom's passing. And I hear this, how he was on miracle on the Hudson too. So to me, that was like a little miracle to be able to meet him on such a special day. Cause my mom passed away in 2011. And I was like, you know, cause I definitely look, I believe you and I would look at things in a similar way, you know, we, there's so much more to this than we can understand. But when we start accepting this greater, more beautiful picture, it really makes so much more sense. And I like to say my are also spiritual breadcrumbs. So you, sometimes it's like the littlest tiny crumb. So I feel like I picked up a really tiny crumb to now be with you and having, you know, having the chance to connect and, you know, see where this goes. So so first off, I know like you were on the business side before you, I mean, your business acumen is like, oh my goodness, like, holy geez, how, first off, were you able to create all these things? But may I ask first off, where did you, where, where were you born? Like, where did you grow up? 
Um, so I'm a mutt for sure. Uh, I, I have lived like I have 37 or 38 addresses to my, my name. So oh, wow. I will not, I don't have that. I'm a gypsy, right? Okay. So I don't have that. I grew up and nope, I don't have that. I, I have a very strong European, um, you know, Italian, uh, heritage, you know, uh, from my parents are from there, came to this country when I was young. Um, and I've lived everywhere in the United States and then went back over to Europe. I was in Germany for a little while and then came back to the United States. So I have, I'm an East coast, West coast, you know, middle Arizona mutt. Um, so I've got a little bit of everything and I lived in Georgia for a long time. So I've got a little bit of that Southern charm thing going on. Um, so I really am, I'm a blend of so many different cultures and, um, just the, the richness of this country from living on East coast, West coast, down South, middle Arizona. Um, so I don't have that typical upbringing or that consistency that most of us identify with. Okay. Um, so well, that actually, that actually makes you so much more, you know, well, culturally, like, you know, like you understand things so much more, you know, and I also believe when we look at the more um, difficult things that we go through in life, maybe we, we choose those paths also because we want to be able to understand other people's pain. Yeah, you know, I, through I, our pain. I, love, I love people. I love people. I, I, am, I mean, my, my, my baseline is I'm a behaviorist. I'm a human behaviorist. I've got every type of training you can think of from Eastern to Western and everything in between from neuroscience all the way to being a master numerologist. Um, oh. I've used all of that knowledge because um, my key, my genius key is I'm a master builder. I build businesses. I've been building businesses since I was very young. I started my first company at 17. I sold it at 19. Um, I've done over a dozen since then. I've been behind some of the biggest brands that either uh, in sports, entertainment, uh, just huge brands. And it's what I do. You know, I tell if I, if I can identify your genius or identify your passion, I can build a business underneath it. Wow. Um, but that, that makes me kind of a geek. <laughs> how did you, I mean, how did you get into that? Like, how did you open those doors for yourselves? Or were there some ironies that helped open some of those doors? Yeah, I think the good thing about being uh, a gypsy or being outcast or just not belonging to a group is you don't subscribe to any of those limited beliefs. So when I was really young, um, you know, my first business was a construction business. Um, and if you know anything about the Italian heritage, we build things, right? You know, so I can you know, build true. a bridge, a waterfall, put statues, koi ponds, kind of that's kind of our, our, our shtick. So it was what I saw my family do, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, building houses and building, like that's what we would do on the weekend. Oh, I'm going to build the deck. Um, and so I was very familiar with construction. I was very young. I was acting as a Girl Friday that tells you like I'm a million years old, right? So I applied for Girl Friday. I was on a construction uh, trailer and the guy who owned the company, you know, he was a gazillion years old. Um, he had four daughters and he had no sons. And it used to be back then that they had planograms, you know, up on the wall um, and before computers and all that stuff. And I was like, you're doing this all wrong. <laughs> he was like, he's like, you're like 16. Like, what do you know about anything? And I'm like, I'm telling you, this is, this makes no sense. You know, this is not efficient. Um, and I didn't have any group that I belonged to that would have told me that what I thought and what I believed I knew was not politically correct. Um, mm -hmm. and so I was entertainment 
in, in his office, right? And uh -huh. I came to him with the proposal and I said, listen, and at that time I happened to be in Northern California. I was like, listen, October, November, December is the rainy season. You know, it's when construction is at the least. I said, give me the worst lot. Give me the guys that you say are lazy and horrible. Give me a budget that's impossible. And for every dollar I come underneath budget, I win. And wow. he was like, he was like, I'm going to watch this girl fail. Right. Right. But I'm a behaviorist. Like I understand behavior. And so I had a, you know, 500 and some guys that, that worked uh, for me at that time, you know, here I'm 16. Right. And so, you know, what, what, what do, what do men like, you know, which was, you know, pickups, beer and short shorts. So me and all my girlfriends would be handing out paychecks on Friday with beers and pickups. And they were like, well, we want to work with that girl. Right. And so I had the motivation. It was very easy. We made it really fun. And I created a process on how the homes were going in the development we're going to build. So I delivered on location that morning what needed to be done. And, wow. you know, the people thought it was crazy. They're like, OK, so we're going to put 800 boards in and you know whatever it is, 900 nails. And then we go home and I'm like, yes. That's the goal of the day. Just do what wanted today and they go home and, you know, spin it forward a million years later, it's cookie cutter homes. Right. But I had the efficiency wheel in my, my brain. And so then when, I don't know, maybe two years later after working there, I came to him and I said, I'm going to sell your company. And he was like, you're going to what? Um, and we sold the company. I made my first million and then I graduated high school. Oh my goodness. Whoa. Wait a second. Okay. So I have to ask, you were in Northern California. What part of Northern California? I'm in San Jose right now, so just curious. Okay, so, yeah, so I, went, I went to Cal High. Okay. So I went to California High, which is in Santa Rosa, California. They call it the East Bay. Yeah. Um, you know, before Bishop Ranch and all that stuff was there. And I ended up uh, selling my company to Demay Builders, which is a big company that's there in Northern California. But I was young and I didn't really know anything. I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew what I knew. And then I went on and I had 18 restaurants up and down the Southern California. So all like Manhattan Beach, Hermosa Beach, all that kind of thing. I sold that to lots of pasta. Then I went on from there oh to my claim to fame. Yeah, I know. Well, you I know, know, it's funny. My degree's in hotel restaurant management. So I also have that. And I'm originally from New Jersey. So I'm, I'm outside of New York City is where I grew up. But okay. So I'm like following your story. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. So now you're, you know, the restaurant business. So, oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Same thing too, you know, that uh, hospitality is all about behavior. So I had my behavior mm -hmm. models there. And then my claim to fame was I started a company um, at the time it was called Soapworks. It's called Greenworks, sold it to Clorox. And that really put me on the map, you know, because I had that time, you know, I don't know, I've had 53,000 employees. Um, you know, it was before, I have to remind people that that was before there was an Oprah and a Martha Stewart, Sal Sandberg and those people, you know, a woman running a hundred million plus business was not normal. Right. right. People were like, they're like, is this your dad's? Is this your husband's? And I'm like, nope, it's mine. <laughs> you know, so it was just a different mindset there. And so I then went, you know, from there, you know, I was asked to do all kinds of stuff, you know, stuff with Mike Tyson and, and um, you know, Montel Williams. And I can just go on and on and on and on and on because I build, you know, the businesses. I build the foundation and the business on the back end. And right. it doesn't matter if it's a small business or it's a large business, right? You have to start your first 250,000 and then your 500 and then your million. And I always tell people, whatever takes you from zero to a million dollars will kill you from a million to three, right? It does. And from what takes you from three to five, five to seven, seven to 10, 10 to 20, right? And then you have these different thresholders and, and those different thresholds, you know, are a skill set, And so you can learn them, mm -hmm. but so is life. 
right? There's people that are really, really, really good networkers. There's people that are really, really good in relationships. There's people that are really, really good at raising kids. You know, there's people that are incredible wives and husbands. Like you pick your lane and then you decide what things you want to scale at. And I'm really good at helping humans live and grow to their full potential. But with every step of growth, you must release. And the reason why people stay stuck, right? So if you look at statistics, right? 85% of people are unhappy. You know, only like 12, 13% of people actually even like what they do. Right. Um, most people have the same friends that they have had since college, right? Is people flatline. Yeah. They get into a routine. They do the same thing each and every day. They read the same things. They watch the same things. They have the same influence of the same people, the same, same, same. It's like Groundhog Day every day. And then they complain, <laughs> right, that they wish life was more interesting. They wish that they had more adventure. They wish they made more money. Well, you're not going to have scale in anything. And again, your personal relationship or your professional relationship, whether you're an entrepreneur or if you're an entrepreneur, until you really do that analysis to say, you know, I always say start, stop, and swap, right? What are you going to start and continue doing? What do you stop doing? The way the brain works is you can't stop something without filling that hole. So you've got to swap something into that. Because if you don't fill a hole, somebody else will come along and fill it for you. That means you're living somebody else's life. And so the whole premise behind Genius Key was to be able to put all of this behavior, all these tools, all this know-how in the hands of individuals to say, mm -hmm. if you really want to feel different, right? And I, and I use that word specifically because a lot of people say they want to make more money. Right. And again, the data shows even when people come on with more money, they go broke. They go right. back to their baseline with the relationship that they have with money. So it's about how you want to feel every day. And if you can get that into alignment, how you want to feel, the rest of the relationships are also going to align, including your relationship with money, money, focus, freedom, right? Wealth generation, um, you, you know, your career, everything falls in line once you first do the heavy lifting. We are of this crazy mindset that things are going to show up in our door and that we're going to have them immediately. And anything <laughs> you actually have to work with. People who have amazing, incredible marriages, work at it. People who yes. have incredible, amazing children, work at it, right? People who have incredible businesses, work at it. So I say, show me your calendar. I'll show you what you're building. You know what I mean? And a lot of people are being, building chaos and noise because their calendar's <laughs> all over the place, right? It's absolutely mayhem. You look through what they do and the, how they spend their time during the day and I'm like, no wonder you're stuck. Right, you're doing spring and pray. You're throwing a bunch of crap on the wall, and you wonder why nothing sticks. It doesn't make any sense what you're doing, right? right. You know, people are like I'm spending 900 hours on Clubhouse. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to pay the bills. <laughs> no, very. I mean, so true. Everything that you're saying is. But you know, what's really interesting is when I was getting my degree in hotel restaurant management, I did a prestigious internship with Marriott. And one of my biggest, these were my two biggest gifts, was I understood uh, the 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 disc mentality uh early on you know you know what i'm talking about with with yep. disc and so like looking at a management team you know like making sure that that's well-rounded but the other big one was learning about the adversity quotient and they compare it to climbing mount everest and for the listeners that don't know this 
it's like some people are the quitters. They don't even try. But most people choose to be the campers. And that's kind of, I think, what you're talking about is like, you're just not really, it's like, okay, you got to this certain level and now you're just chilling, but you want to get to this next level. But then, you know, and then you have your climbers and they're the ones that you can, that will, no matter what, you know, will we'll get to the top of that mountain. And it's, I mean, there's a really powerful meme where, you know, somebody's like digging, I don't know, I think it's like diamonds or something like one more hit. And then they're going to finally, you know, find that diamond or, you know, it's like the entrepreneur spirit, spirit is like, you know, no matter how many times you fall down, you have to get yourself back up. But that is truly what we can say in life also, right? You know, because I have- But it's all I, behavior though, right? It's all comes down to behavior, mindset, habits. It, it's the same thing, right? All success roots back into what you believe absolutely. and how you act upon it. And so that's why they say, if you want to get something done, give it to the busiest person you know. It's not the person who's got more time. That person's going to do nothing. It's right. the person who's the busiest, who's going to be the most efficient. And so I am just really committed to empowering people with the knowledge, right? The knowledge nuggets and the actual next steps, right? That's why I'm not known for being inspirational or kind of that, you know, kind of, I don't know, that foo-foo kind of warm, squishy girl. I'm action oriented. I'm all about taking action. You know, one of my philosophies in the company is I want people to fail every day. If you're not failing, you're not growing, right? And so you've got to get that fall down, get up mentality to go, what could I have done differently? What was this? What am I, what am I supposed to learn about this? And so I continue on that quest um, and I'm really of service to others. And so we've made it really easy. Like when you go to the genius key, it is going to spit out for you. We've done 590,000 assessments, 91% accuracy, right? What makes you a genius, you know, and, right. and what that means in relationship to everything else. The reason why this Colby, all that other kind of stuff, right? No longer applies today is because it forgets the one fundamental thing about humans, right? So instead of putting somebody in a box and saying, okay, you're an INTJ or you're whatever right. you are, well, then you kind of go, okay, well, that's what I am. So there's no choice. It forgets about free will, right? Right. So the example I like to give people is that I was not only born and wired to have an extremely bad temper. I was also then in my environment conditioned to have a very bad temper. So I spent a good portion of my younger years with a wicked, like you should arrest me temper. <laughs> until I got to the point to say, it doesn't work for me. Yeah. I don't like who I am when I show up that way. I don't make good decisions when I show up that way. And so I made a conscious choice to learn skill sets. Like we call them tools mm -hmm. so that you get a different version of me. Now, if we get into a dog fight, <laughs> be right. I have a lot of practice of having a very bad temper. Right, I'm kind of the girl you might want to have in the uh, foxhole with you. But <laughs> the other behavioral stuff that's been out there for so long does not leave room for you to choose what are you becoming? How mm -hmm. are you showing up in the world? And does that match your internal purpose of being here? And that's part of just living life is to say, 
this is the best version of myself. I'm going to work on my best version of myself even every day, and I'm going to deliver what I was put here to do. But what you were put here to do isn't what I was put here to do, which right. means right off the bat, we have different genius keys. But in order for me to help amplify you and for you to amplify or connect with me, I have to understand you, right? Mm -hmm. Seek to understand. And we have gotten so far in our society that we no longer approach anything to seek understand. We start making all kinds of accusations. We've got anger, we're bitter, we're resentful. We got all of this minutia around us that is highly negative. Yeah. And we forgot the tools of how to show up to seek to understand. And I remind people all the time that in the vibra vibration frequency, the frequency that is the lowest, obviously, is death. But the one just before death is shame. Mm -hmm. And we have learned this skill to make people feel very bad about themselves. And I'm like, you don't want that karma, right? No. There's something called karma currency. And when you throw all that stuff out there, it will come back. And a Absolutely. lot of people's problem if reason why they're flatlining people reason why they're not living the life that they really want to live is that they put out a lot of negative energy each and every day mm -hmm. and you will never succeed with that mindset. You just won't. Absolutely. So I, I just curious, I don't know if you enjoy the spiritual side of it in addition to the behavioral side, because um, that's a lot of what my story is, is that, I, um, uh, I, I went through some really difficult times, um, back in 2004, my dad was terminally ill. I was engaged and married in six days cause he passed away. I literally was born engaged and married in the same hospital. How does that happen? Thanks to my irony, you know, literally my last name is pronounced myronic. So everyone has these myronic experiences because God has an awesome sense of humor. And I represent yeah. God as winky behind me in my logo. That's what, that, that's what I, you know, and that's actually what I'm trying to show with people is that we have free will. We chose this. It's not necessarily God did this. We chose this. Our higher self well, because, somehow chose because this. Because things are not happening to us. Yes. They're happening for us. Yes. Yeah. Right. And so in those things, those challenges and those blockers, it is the opportunity to see our gift. Yes, absolutely. But, you know, the thing is, is uh, so then my marriage fell apart very quickly, you know, really short story. I, I ended up buying a restaurant. Um, I actually, there was a, a woman who uh, worked for me that decided she actually lied about having cancer and going through chemotherapy. This is all within one year. Left her husband to be with mine. Started at her son's, at her son's one year birthday party. I had to see him every day. I was losing my freaking mind. Um, I thankfully was able to tap into my father's energy. I discovered I had a little bit of mediumship abilities. I was being given, given guidance from the, from a higher perspective, but then the biggest irony, my big divine irony was my friend who took my wedding pictures, gave me the book the day before she moved away. Many lies, many masters by Dr. Brian Weiss. Have you ever read? Okay. Yeah. Now, it's really funny because I saw, uh, I know that you were on Oprah many times and you have Oprah, you know, giving you the greatest shout out, like, being such a visionary, but why this is so, why, why Dr. Brian Weiss was literally my transformative, like, it, it absolutely changed me because when I read that book and it was like, your higher self chose everything. 
And it's like, that is so powerful. And that's actually what I am trying to do is bring this awareness because people seem to not be able to connect it necessarily as they're, when they're, you know, younger, like, why did you go through what you did? But when we can actually connect that somehow we chose it, whether it was to learn a lesson for ourselves or someone else to learn a lesson, then that's what actually allows those ugly situations in life to make maybe a little bit more sense. But what was so crazy is that the day I had closed my restaurant, which was, um, uh, it was in April of 2008, I felt like um, it was during the same time as the whole Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt, Jennifer Aniston triangle. So it looks at there was my life. And I'm like, really, this is great. And so now I'm bankrupt. And, um, and, and what happened with the restaurant? This was in, uh, uh, it was where uh, the former bank MBNA, their headquarters was in, in Wilmington, Delaware. And they were selling to Bank of America. So there was a major economic shift that happened. So I was the general manager. My ex was the, you know, the, uh, the chef de cuisine. He was one step down from being the executive chef who was the owner. Well, the owner was given a heads up of what was happening. So we were kind of sold a lemon of a restaurant. We didn't have a fighting chance to save our life because the Grand Opera House, which was this venue right across the street, they immediately cut their performances in like a, a third. So I lost a quarter of a million dollars you know, without blinking. But I didn't know this. I was 28 years old and thinking everything's great. And then my life just straight up falls apart. But what was so funny is that I finally, you know, 2008 happened. So, you know, this was before 2008. Then 2008 happens like, okay, you know, you're losing everything. I am like a, tr like, I felt like a trapped you're animal. You're a company in that boat because a lot of people got leveled in 2008. Oh my goodness. So did we 2008 ever? Was the, we, 2008 prepped us for 2020. Yes, ab absolutely. I actually was thinking, I'm like, I'm so glad I'm not in the restaurant industry anymore because holy geez, we have to go through that again. But the funny, but this was what the irony is, is connected to Oprah, is that I happened to have the TV on, and this is before we had TVs everywhere, and I was in my bedroom, and I could hear the words, and then I hear these profound words, and I'm like, oh my goodness, that sounds like the author of Many Lives, Many Masters, because before this had happened, I actually, I actually tried to commit suicide because this girl got pregnant, like I, you know, I went through, you know, I hit some really, really rock bottoms, but I go outside and sure enough, here's Dr. Weiss talking to Oprah. That was my biggest sign before I knew of my irony to keep going, keep figuring out what it is that I chose this life. And then that was just the start of it. So if anybody who hasn't listened, if you listen to the first episode of my podcast, it goes into how I discovered this concept of my irony, but I was just being hit after hit after hit, you know, and, and I'm not saying my life's the worst. But if it wasn't for that awareness, I don't think I would have survived. And so now it's become my mission, just like your, your mission of you know, finding people's genius. My mission is to help those that feel lost in life and to gain this higher awareness of, of something that may resonate more with them. So I'm hoping well, people, with this- Humans do feel lost, right? So every human needs to be seen, heard, recognized, valued, and rewarded for who they are. And so you'll die alone, right? I yeah. mean, if you put somebody on an island all by themselves, they're going to die of loneliness, mm -hmm. right? And we've created a society that we're surrounded by people, but we're lonely on the inside. 
And that's because we don't see and hear and connect with people. Every human needs a witness, right? You needed a witness to come along to see what you were going through, to see what's going on, to validate for you it was real because it seems surreal to you going, oh my God, <laughs> this can't, it can't possibly, this cannot be going on, right? And so we stopped being a witness for each other. And that's, that's just, you know, as we come back out of COVID, isn't the goal to come back better, to come Absolutely. back stronger as, as a community to connect? And so that's why we're why you're doing what you're doing, what we're doing, what we are, putting out the tools in order for people to not just say, okay, I'm aware I need to become my best version of self. How do I become? How do I? What's the first step? What's the second step? Right? Because that's what people need, the, the, the guided stepping stones so that they can lean into it and start to see the vibrational shift and change. Because as you change, what happens is other things come to you. And then with that, with those things that come to you, you then have to do the work to release the stuff that is holding you in place to where you never belong to begin with. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's like, you know, and it's also our, as a society of us understanding, and you said this before, you know, like we're, where we're putting people ashamed, there's only two sides of the coin, love and fear and everything in between. And when we can even look at fear, then we can look at compassion. Then we can look from this place of compassion and not a place of judgment. And so if we can help shift this mindset, which I love what you're doing is, you know, shifting this mindset, but you know, for for myself, it was, you know, being able to connect to this higher perspective where I wasn't able to do that before because I had given up. Uh, I had always been very spiritual. I always believed in a higher power, but I was brought up Catholic. And I was like, if I lived in another part of the world, I would believe something different. How can I only believe this one way of thinking? That, that was my way of thinking. And so for me, this first book, for, for listeners that don't know, Many Lies, Many Masters, Dr. Brian Weiss was this agnostic psychiatrist who risked his entire career to write this first book. And then he wrote, you know, five other books. And I believe that if, if humanity read these six books, it would transform humanity because it's like each, each one has a piece. And then, of course, you can dive into deeper books, you know, and I believe that, you know, we're all here messengers to try to make this, you know, this to, to uh, really transform the collective consciousness. Uh, but I think one of the most powerful things is if we can look at, if we're looking at people, actually, uh, it was in another book that um, Dr. Weiss received a vision of Earth being a one-room schoolhouse, and we're all at different grades. And this is one of the most powerful things that I learned and I love to share with others is that if somebody is acting really poorly, you know, the worst of the worst behavior, well, what grade would you put them in? Are they like a terrible two-year-old, you know, they're, they're having their little tantrums. And it's like, can you ultimately get mad at a two-year-old? It's like, no, you can't, but they don't have the awareness. So it's like, we can judge them saying that you should have this awareness. It's like, no, you know, focus on, you know, how you're able to grow. And I love the fact that you can find the genius within everyone because there is yeah. genius within everyone. And, you know, and it's like, and if we can remove any of those um, self-limiting beliefs and, you know, and really okay, understand. All the biases. We have so much, so much noise, uh, right? That it just, it holds no truth, right? It's the story you want to believe, right? Yeah. And there's two sides to that story, Absolutely. right? And so teaching people how to 
do the thinking to be able to interpret what the other perspective is and the other story that's being told so that they have empowerment ability, right? You're limited when you're stuck on only being able to see something one way. You're empowered when you can see it from a multi-pronged approach. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's so funny because when I was 16 years old, something told me to go to Delaware. I went to school at University of Delaware, but I had the strongest feeling, go to Delaware, go to Delaware. I'd never been to the state. Why am I going to the state, right? I believe, so I would go down this crazy path because, you know, and also go through whatever it was because I had to go back to being Myronic. You know, my married name wasn't Myronic. I had to go back to being Myronic to bring Myrony to the world. And so that's what I, that's what, you know, my biggest, I, and maybe you can help me, Emilio, if you like this concept, is I want people to share their Myronies in addition to their selfies on social media. I want us to be able to start connecting on this deeper level of like, we have these very similar, so many of us have these similar stories. So what if we actually put that out there? And it's like, oh my goodness, wouldn't that be amazing if we didn't just see pictures of ourselves doing, you know, whatever, and we're able to con connect that way? Because uh, I actually say myrony is the antithesis of selfie. So, you know, but it's your, it's, it's, it's those stories. And so now I want to ask with myrony, do you have a really incredible myrony that you would like to share, whether in the business? I mean, I will imagine. I, I mean, I can see you've had many myronies, but you're just, you're also, before answering that, did you ever read Conversations with God? You familiar with Neil Donald Walsh? Sure. Or, yeah. Okay. So it was actually when I was just introduced to that book um, last year, I had never, I'd never read it, but um it, that's where I actually understood the real concept of manifestation, because it says, if you want to change a root thought, you need to act. And as soon as you think, it's almost like you ended the act. And so that was like, oh my goodness, that's what true manifestation is. is. He's like, you, you just start acting on it. So that's how I feel. I started living my life that way. That's how I ended up in your clubhouse. That's how we're having this conversation. But I also see with what you've been sharing, that is what you are. You're just in action. You're just like constantly. Yeah. Yes, I'm extremely action oriented, but I also have practice behaviors and methodology to pause, right? I take moments to reflect, you know, what is working, what is not working, what's my responsibility from the action, right? You right. Know, action then takes on a life of its own. And so it's why some of the most successful people in our history and today spend 50% of their time thinking, right? I believe mm -hmm. the success formula is 50% is in thinking, 25% is in the planning, and then 25% is in the execution. What has happened is we have a society that has a thought and immediately jumps to execution without saying, wait a minute, what am I doing? Why am I doing? Is this connected to my work, my, my, my great purpose for being here? What's the impact on other people? And if this is a yes, then what is the plan? What is step one? What is step two? How am I going to measure this? How do I know for sure that it means I'm going in the direction? What will I see? What will I hear? What will I feel? And then take the execution. We move to action way too quickly without doing the thinking. And that's why so much busy work gets put on people's calendar. It's why people are so all over the place, right? There's no rhyme or reason at all with anything. They don't think about how this impacts the raising of their kids or how this impacts their relationship that they want. And so you have to work with the end in mind. And mm -hmm. so for me, one of the things that I set out on was to write my headstone. I was like, if I can understand what I really want, 
those first two rows of my funeral to say about me and to say about my life, because let's just be real, most people will come to your funeral out of an obligation. They really don't give one hoot or hiola about you at all. But the first two rows grieve for you and they struggle with what are they going to say about who you were and the impact? How are they going to quantify the impact that you had? What Somebody, there's probably one or two people that are going to struggle about what actually goes on your headstone. Right. And so I spent a lot of time walking graveyards to look and be real with myself, to say, okay, is somebody going to say in there, oh, she was this amazing wife? And I was like, yeah, nope, not getting that one. And then, you know, <laughs> she was a devoted mother. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to get that one either. You know, so I was like, what are people going to say about me? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I got to the point where, you know, I was two feet in, I literally had my headstone made um, because oh, wow. once you know the end, once you know what you want people to say, then the rest becomes very, very easy. Right. Wow. And so for me, my headstone said she made a difference and it doesn't matter if I trigger likability from you or if I trigger anxiety or if I trigger hatred, because that has something to do with you and nothing to do with me. Because mm -hmm. I remind people that you can't see in me what does not live in you. Right. And so whatever your reaction to me, whatever your reaction is to my resume, because it triggers all kinds of emotions, is your internal compass about you. That's your work for you to do. And when I hear so many people, especially young people, worried about what other people think, I try to change their perspective on that to say, listen, you want to be big and bold and trigger all of those type of reactions because your help, you're serving them because it's their work. If somebody doesn't like you, it's their work, their side, right? If you trigger competitiveness and people are angry because they think you're better at something than they are, that's their side, not your side. You can't control what anybody thinks and what anybody does. But what you can do is take full responsibility for how you show up. You can take full responsibility on your vibration that you create with your thoughts mostly and then your words and your actions. And if we just focused on that, our communities would be different. Absolutely. And also, you know, I also love how you're saying with the thinking, because I'm not saying that, you know, listeners, you don't just want to act. I actually believe trusting those gut intuition is when you're going to want to act. Like that's the, that's the concept behind myrony is that you see this sign, then there's this gut feeling, you get this internal pull, and then you want to act. But we actually do need to think before we act, unless you get that really like pull to do something. Because sometimes well, and I you, think in the binary, sometimes we don't understand at the time, the full magnitude of what it is, right? Yeah. Sometimes we only have a little hint, like, well, that's kind of odd. And that's kind of different. Like, I wonder why that happened, but it takes us some overnight processing to really understand the power of the message. And then the longer we stay in it, like right, as long as we take that course, the more it becomes apparent to us, how much that moment impacted the trajectory of our lives. Right. And I've had a million and one of those moments where I said to myself, why is this happening to me? Like, yeah. why am I here? Right. Because I'd like, you know, when I talk about the Listerine strip, right. I was asked to speak at a medical conference uh -huh. in, in Hong Kong. And so I'm like, at this conference and I'm like, who booked me here? Like, I'm like, what <laughs> am I doing here? Like I was the only woman. I was definitely the only, uh, a person from North America. There was a bunch of doctors walking around a bunch of researcher. And I'm like, 
this is going to be the weirdest keynote ever. I'm like, I don't even know. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to be here, I was like, okay, I've got two choices. I could go and explore Hong Kong. You know, Hong Kong's it's got it's an it's an amazing city. You know, or while I, I must be here for a reason, I don't know what it is. And so I just started looking at the agenda and the different breakouts and the different classes that were there. And there was one in um, uh, that was just interesting to me. And so I popped in the class and I'm listening to you know somebody up front talking about this incredible incredible piece of technology that he had created. Um, which was there the they created a a little piece of plastic that melted <clears throat> so that old people who can't swallow medication they could put the medication on the plastic it would dissolve and it was a medical uh, delivery system for, mm. for 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 instead of pills and I was like oh my god this is great I'm like I want to bring this to you North America and so I waited afterwards and I was like listen you know what what's I want to bring this I want to have the licensing right in OTC um, which is over the counter for anybody who doesn't know that acronym. And he's like, little lady, <laughs> it's like, this is a highly sophisticated medical delivery system. And I'm like, yeah, I understood what you said. I want to bring it in to um, the OTC space because I want to do it for fresh breath. And so I ended up getting the license and I made a crazy call to my lawyer saying, hey, listen, I need, I need some money. I'm going to borrow the thing and bring it home. And she's like, Amelia, you are always up to something, right? And so we ended up selling that to Dr. Fresh, and Dr. Fresh ended up selling it to Listerine, which most people know the Listerine strip. Oh, my goodness. So when I saw Listerine strips, actually, I did not know that story. So that is an amazing irony. So I'm glad we segued into that because, holy geez, that is crazy. But it was because I was, you know, I didn't know why I was there. Right. But you were and curious so. as to why you were there. So you like, so the idea behind Myrony is you, I actually like to say, discover Myrony in your inner superpower. Start paying attention. You paid attention. You're like, what the heck am I doing here? There's a specific reason why I'm here. And so, wow. Well, That's for me, amazing. I'm a master builder, right? So I looked at something, I thought it was phenomenal, and I am a, I know how to execute at a crazy uh, level of scale, right? And so, it, every, I mean, con, I have so many stories of these these interesting kind of meetings that happen or events or places that I am because I'm open to it. Like I mm -hmm. am really open to kind of just follow um, vibrational energy, follow my instinct. You know, I'll, I'll spend time because somebody will invite me to something. And even though I may not understand the why yet, I'll explore it. I'll, yes. I'm open to it. You know, I don't, I'm okay being okay with not knowing all of the information because I've learned how my mind works, right? Mm -hmm. I understand what my genius is and I know what I can contribute to something. And now I get the honor and the privilege to teach that skill to so many other people, right? Because there wasn't somebody to teach me, you know, along the way. I just, when I started, there, there was no Oprah. There wasn't any of these influencers. You know, I had Whoopi Goldberg and I had Barbara Walters. And I was like, well, I for sure am not funny. I really wanted to be, but I'm like, I'm not funny. Um, and I didn't want to interview people, right? So I was like, well, you know, I got just kind of started beating to my own drum because on a continual basis, on, I mean, many, 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 many times during the day, somebody would point out to me, well, you're a girl and you're a woman and you're kind of different. And you know, you're, you know, you don't fit in any of these groups. And so you just get used to being the outcast, right? I know I'm an odd duck. I've always been an odd duck and I'm all right with it, right? right? It triggers more in you than it does in me, right? But I speak to other people who have that same feeling that they just don't quite fit or they don't get along. 
And I'm like, but what if is because you're not meant to? What yeah. if is it that your that your genius is to reinvent, right? And you can't reinvent if you're in the flow of everybody else. You have to be on the outside. Yeah. Um, you know, Brene Brown. You know, she I, she I love her. Um, you know, and she always says, you know, don't listen to the critic who's up in the stands. You want to be able to mix with the people who are in the arena, right? That are willing to be seen and make mistakes and fall down and we get dirty. Um, and it's brilliant, the material she puts out there because she really helps people understand what's the choice. Because if you're going to choose to get into the arena, it's going to hurt. It's going to sting. It's going to get messy. But yeah. if not, that's okay. If you want to be a spectator, go right ahead, sit up there all day long. But we won't <laughs> listen to what you have to say. Right? Exactly. It holds no weight, right? Yeah. And when you can really kind of brush that stuff off to go, okay, that's about you. <laughs> I always say, don't pick up other people's baggage. Yeah. It's all about you. And that's what I do when I read comments on, on my social media where people have got their two cents about something. And I'm like, okay, so what are you doing for a living? <laughs> I'm mean, like, you got a lot to say. How many people have you employed? Right. right. It, it, it's, you know, I, and I welcome comments and I always try to chitter chatter back and try to share people, you know, different experiences. I love building people for tools, but some people are like, you know, you have no right, blah, blah, blah. You know, you should be more committed to your marriage. You should be more committed to that. I'm like, says who? Who <laughs> says that? It, you know, this is my life. This is exactly, what exactly. Right? You know? and, the, and my kids had to learn the same thing. You know, we've got four of them that I wasn't that mom. I was like, listen, let's just be clear. If you think that I'm going to be the room mom, you're going to be disappointed because I'm right. not good at that, right? That's not, that's, I don't enjoy it. You know, I wasn't head of PTA. Listen, in another lifetime, I might be, right? right. But I knew that I was better served at what I was doing. And I built amazing, incredible relationship with women who had that skill, right? Mm -hmm. it, it happens to be that my ex is actually all of those things because he loves it. He loves it and he's so good at it. People are like, oh my God, like he's like the best mom in the mom group. And I'm like, yes, he is. He's phenomenal at it. And I love it. And, and, and he does that and I applaud him and I celebrate his skill because he is that guy. He is so likable and people want to be with them. And, and then they're like, oh, she's kind of like the harder discipline one. And I am. I'm more the one to go, here's the boundaries, here's the guidelines, let me, here's the tool, whatever. And it just works. At the end of the day, it works. But if you really are going to put so much merit on what people say who have no idea at all about what you're doing, what your purpose is, and how you're showing up in the world, you're going to be flatlined because people can be unbelievably cruel, but you have to realize that that's about them. What uh -huh. they're saying on your social post is about them. They're talking to themselves, not to yep. you. Yeah, because unless, I mean, that's all judgment. And that's the whole thing What we're talking about is that, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to come from the place of compassion and showing people how to show compassion. Yeah. And some people don't know how to even accept yeah, that. So then I was like, Oprah, I had like 2000 comments that I looked like a poodle. I was <laughs> like, okay. I was like, don't you kind of want to talk about maybe what I said, but you're um, so concerned with what it looked like. And I was like, okay, well, I've never been that, you know, overly, glamour girl type you know i haven't i was like okay so if i look like a poodle i'm like poodle's a pretty popular dog <laughs> oh my god i love that so much and i mean to to be like what you've created and what you've done like 
kudos to you on like so many levels, Amelia. Like I'm just in such awe and I'm in such awe that you it's like- It's really, it's, it's, I have an incredible team, right? I have had amazing people to support me and to believe in me, crazy champions who've, when I had, you know, Soapworks who stood in line to demand the product. I mean, I've never done anything alone. I don't see it being done alone. I know that I'm so grateful for the people that, you know, work with me and our trainers and people who, you know, building our content and, and who really believe in what we're doing. And so I don't care if anybody ever remembers me. I care if they remember the work. Oh, see, I love that even more because, you know, that's what I feel like. I'm just a messenger. I don't, you know, like, I and you're 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 just a messenger in action like holy geez like <laughs> you're getting everybody you know into that but I mean like I love the fact that you acknowledge you know it isn't you it's so much more than you and but you were you know meant to do this you were meant to build all this and now you have this I mean in addition because Genius Key hasn't been around for that long. Isn't it only like 2020 is when you, or is that Oh yeah, correct? and we're getting ready for this massive launch. We're doing a huge launch. Um, we, with a bunch of our musical artists, we've just licensed a new song. We're gonna do a huge digital campaign. We're gonna really help people, you know, build these better relationships with time, with money, with focus, all those things. I mean, a huge, huge, huge campaign. So I'm so blessed to be part of it. And I know that, you know, somebody's going to come, the younger generation's going to come on and they're going to do more with it that I could ever even visualize. You know, we're moving into virtual reality next year. We have all, we have a new platform and dashboard and all kinds of stuff that will be coming out here in about 60 days. So we have just started. I mean, we have just started. And so it absolutely is not about me. It really is about healing the unintended pain that gets put inside of a company. And so our people operating system is like nothing anybody's ever seen before. And it answers the gig economy and it allows people to take more control of their life and their finances and what they do and where their genius, you know, bonds with other people. So we have so many exciting things that are, that are, that are coming out. Um, and I'm just happy to be part of it. You know, I, I don't see things as, that this is like my thing. I think this is a lot of people's thing that yeah. we've asked for for a long time. Um, I think we have to live a healthier life lifestyle. A lot of the boundaries and the walls and the judgment and the job titles and none of that has ever worked. So we're going to have a different way. And so I'm willing to take the criticism to be the paradigm shift, right? Mm -hmm. And I've been around long enough that I can take the brunt of the backlash when people don't want to do something new and different. And there'll be a group of younger people who will take it on to their generation and their generation. And it's going to do a lot of healing work. And then hopefully, you know, people will come through some dirt on my funeral. and They'll say, hey, this is a girl who started this, this mission and this movement. Um, but we will get better as a society. We have to. Absolutely. And it's about these honest connections and learning better communications of what we need to ask for, um, to look for these moments that you're teaching people about, to really understand what do they mean, and to walk in faith, right? Sometimes you got to take a couple of steps and you don't know the outcome, right? But you have to believe that you are here for a greater good and that you are going to find your peeps and your peeps never come in the packaging that you think. I've no. <laughs> seen a lot of people who've had big life events, right? In those life events, the people that you think are going to show up never do. And the people that you never 
You know, why would they are the ones that do? And so we realize that the older I get, what I know is I know nothing. I am constantly work in process. I am learning and growing each and every day. And I'm humbled by the people that have connected with me because they believe in the correction that we're trying to do, the healing of the pain, to unlocking a genius and empowering people. And it's going to go wherever it's going to go. No. Oh my goodness. You are such an inspiration, Amelia. I can't even get over. I love the divine irony of how we connected because I, okay. So now I just got to ask, how did you know, how did you connect with Dave Sanderson? Cause you know, like I just, I'm so inspired by him too. And yeah, well, so I love all of the, see, you know, cause I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I love, I'm a teacher, you know? And so he followed so much of his inner compass, like everything about what happened on that should have had a different result. But more than anything else is if you look at the passengers, right? Mm -hmm. They bound together for the greater good. There wasn't yeah. conversations about black and white. There wasn't old and young, right? There wasn't any of those things. They bound together to go, we are in this together. Like it or not, this is where we are. And yeah. so we need each other in order to survive yeah and that is just that story for me is representative of life we need each other we are all connected everything matters and so you've got to take a moment to learn about the people around you invite other people who are nothing like you into your mix so you can get that new information those new perspectives and that was just that whole event was representative of what I'm trying to do in a very large scale. And I really wanted to talk to him about what was the voice, the instinct, the inner compass that he was following because he was going against the grain on so many ways. Like it was not politically correct. I mean, he really took responsibility and led them. And yeah. so I wanted to talk to him. I, you know, and same thing too, you know, I'm, I'm in New York, you know, I remember that like it was yesterday and I was so proud of the people on the plane. So I, yes. I really wanted their stories. And I kept saying, well, what if, what if we started in our neighborhoods treating people that way? What, if, what happens if we started treating people in our next door neighbor neighborhoods that way? You know, and so those are the type of things that I try to teach. I, you know, I try to tell people, don't just spend time in your community. Go to the two communities over. And are you yes. spending time there? Right. Because if you want to talk about influence, the communities influence the communities. Same thing with businesses. You know, you need to know not just your own industry, but what's about the industry that influences your industry? Why aren't you in those networking groups? Because they matter. And yeah. so just expanding that mindset. And so I just I loved everything about the story. I just love the way he shows up. And he is in, you know, I'm right. He's yeah. just so kind. He's yeah. so kind. And he has this inner solid strength with such a soft touch right yes. and so I really wanted to have our the people who who listen to us and in our community to realize that how you show up man it really really matters and he was just a prime example of it and so I was very very grateful for him to agree to come and share his story and really get into a really deep Q&A because I was really trying to unravel the behavior behind the whole thing. Oh, it was so amazing. I actually think that was my first clubhouse room I ever jumped into. I just joined clubhouse, but oh. I mean, it's like, but I just, I, I, you, everything you've said resonates so deeply. And I, it's like, I just feel 
if we can really, you know, be this united front of like sharing this greater way of looking yeah. at and, and bringing... I like to give people examples to go, this is what I mean. Here's exactly. the example, you know, here's the person and, you know, people that are in the spotlight and people who are not in the spotlight, you know, I have a, a rule of thumb. So every day I give something, I gift every day and I have Aww. given a gift every day for 35 some odd years, right? I connect every day right? I make a connection for people every day. Like I, we're getting a big thing on Saturday. We're doing, um, I think with Dr. Rowe and um, Michael Kutcher about organ donation. You know, I brought those people together because I knew that they were on the same path. So I make a connection every day. And then I make a call every day just to go, Hey, are you okay? Oh, wow. Right. And so living by those one, two, threes, even though they seem so simple, when you consistently put that energy out, when you consistently connect on that level, it makes a difference. Oh my goodness, so much. Well, how can everybody connect with you? I mean, because everyone needs to learn about Genius Key and finding their inner genius. And I would love for people to go to Genius Key. I would love for them to go there, take Genius Key. It literally will take you 11 minutes. Um, I'm in Clubhouse every Friday from eight to nine. I'm talking to people about what that report means, how to use it, um, how to it to be a game changer to scale anything. Again, whether it's love or finance, it doesn't matter. It just I show you how to use the report for immediately to be able to take action to where you want to go. Yeah, um, and I, I I've, I've, I've taken. I took the test and it's amazing. And I, you know, I'm, it's, I, I just absolutely love it. So how do people find Genius Key? What's the website for it? Literally geniuskey.com. Geniuskey.com. If you'd like to, you'll find me, Amelia, A-M-I-O-Y-A and any of the social handles and, you know, post a comment, whether it's, you know, a question or a comment or, you know, even, you know, feedback, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, you know, we want to engage and, and talk and really start building a community so that we can just serve more. So if you've got an idea how I can serve you better, I am all ears. Oh my goodness. Well, Amelia, thank you so much. This was just such an absolute pleasure. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm really, truly blown away at everything that you shared and I, I, you're, you're such an inspiration. And well, I this love is just it. the beginning. There's, yes. there's so much more work to do. It's just the beginning. Absolutely. Well, thank you again. And to the listeners, I'll see my you next pleasure. time. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you all for joining me on That's Myrony Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the Myronic stories shared today and possibly got you to connect to the Myronies in your own life. As you listen to this podcast, you'll start catching signs that are so subtle, but can have the biggest impact on your life. So pay attention to that inner voice and watch the Myronies appear in your life, just like the guest in my next episode. And please connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, and that's myrony.com where you can share your unbelievable myronies. Also, if you enjoyed what you heard and can take a moment to like, comment, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting platform, it would mean so much because that is how others are able to find this podcast. Finally, please also tell your friends and family about Myrony because wouldn't it be fun to see people share their myronies on social media in addition to their selfies? And remember, if something happens that makes you say, well, that's ironic. It's not ironic at all. It's Myronic. Now that's Myrony. See you next time.